0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Friday morning. We could not be gladder to be with you here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcast from. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to thank all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. And, of course, our medical personnel Taking care of us here at home. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. I'm going to start bringing Churn and Spoon back into the fold. I don't think it's going to be much longer. It looks like everything's about to start, you know, on some limited basis opening up. I haven't spoken to just Shane one way or the other, but let's start to go ahead and, you know, it's, we need some ice cream in this world right now. You need to, to treat yourself a little bit, I think. I mean,. I would personally rather treat myself on the
1: other side of the building. But, I mean, if you, if you want ice cream, I mean, it's, we've been this in This is America. If
0: you want ice cream, you should be able to we've get been ice in quarantine cream. for two months here, man. Why don't you just have a cookie, all right? <laughs> I mean, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> ha, have some sweets, man. We deserve it. We, we'll get through this. Well, here's the thing, Brian. Mm-hmm.
1: What if I offered you a pickle? Hmm? You wouldn't want a pickle. Pickles
0: aren't delicious the way ice cream is.
1: Well, to me, I would much rather have an albino squirrel or a caramel macchiato or something just, of that <laughs> nature as opposed to ice cream.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tie you up and force feed you some ice cream one day. <laughs> I'm gonna periscope that. So, all right. Before we get away from the uh, the, the idea of doing a snuff video with Joel, let's uh, let's just encourage you to go check out our friends over at Strange Brew on Highway Twelve or on University Drive. Either one of those great two locations. Our friends at College Corner are still giving away the store. As far as I know, all you've got to do is go to CollegeCornerStore.com and search for gift cards, and you can get thirty percent off. Any purchase of a gift card you want to make, a hundred dollar gift card, seventy bucks. two hundred dollar gift card, can you do it?
1: Yes, I can do it. One hundred forty dollars. There you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm reading. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you do these ad reads, and I have to like tune out and tune back in real Pop quick. Pop quiz, so. hot shot.
0: <laughs> so whatever you want to do, whatever you're looking to do, you can save money right now when you're buying gifts for the bulldog in your life. And, of course, you just want to have that gift card on hand and you want to wait till you know, hey, I want to get back in the store and see what they've got. When they open back up, you've got that gift card ready and you've already saved 30% on whatever purchase you're going to make. So, please, again, collegecornerstore.com, search for gift cards and you can get 30% off those purchases. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that While you're trying to keep your employees safe, you also need to keep them productive. They can certainly help you with that. They know everything that needs to be known as far as getting your employees set up with the correct devices in their home office, setting up your virtual meetings, and all full sales and service for any office technology that you need. Over 45 years of business here in the state of Mississippi, when they say buy local and be local, Advantage Business Systems is what they are talking about, and you can give them a call today. Call them toll-free at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Before we get into any uh, uh, MSU-related stuff, we've got some housekeeping issues to take care of. here. my good friend Joel T. Coleman. Woo! You've got to stay with me here. <laughs> is, is the uh, proud owner of a new job. He is now covering Mississippi State for Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner. Why don't you tell the people out there a little bit more about what's going on? Well, I guess to provide clarity... That's um, great. Thanks, Joel. We appreciate that. For
1: for the next uh, couple of days still, uh, you'll still find some work of mine in the Starfield Daily News. Technically... It's his B-team work. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) No, I... This is my final week with the Starful Daily News, so as as we conclude this week here on Thunder and Lightning, uh, I have already posted to Twitter, as most of you have seen, that I am now under the banner of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner. Uh, It's going to be, I think, a fun site. I think it's going to be a place where we're going to do some different stuff. Um, Sports Illustrated's given me some tools, some video tools and stuff, and they've kind of want to cover things in unique ways and uh, hopefully drive a, a brand new community here under this, this new Sports Illustrated Cowbell Corner banner. Um, and, and so, honestly, too, uh, at the Starfield Daily News, sometimes a lot of you probably didn't get to see my work because uh, Starfield Daily News, understandably, I mean, in today's media climate, you, you got to make money. A lot of our stuff isn't online at the Starfield Daily News. A lot of times, you know, if you want to read my work, you got to go buy a paper or get a subscription or get a digital subscription. Which, by the way, I'm a big fan of community papers. I think you should all do that. And on my way out of the door at the Starfield Daily News, I, my plan is to subscribe to the Starfield Daily News. I, I believe in supporting community journalism because you need people at the, uh, the board meetings and stuff. Don't want to go down that road too far, but I, I I really am a huge believer in community news. But to see my stuff, you had to be a subscriber, or you had to be a buy a paper and, in Starkville. And honestly,
0: if you don't live in Starkville, you know you might not want to subscribe to the Starkville Daily News. And
1: a lot of the people that listen to the show and that follow me on Twitter and that you you want Mississippi State content, and you know you can get it other places. Well, now Cowbell Corner, come on in. I don't care where you live. You know, you you live on the other side of the globe, you know, you're down in Antarctica and got an internet connection,
0: wherever you're at. If anybody is listening to this podcast in Antarctica, please, please (laughs) let us know and take some pictures of of thunder and lightning at the South Pole. I I, want to see that.
1: But I mean, yeah, it's going to be available to all of you now. Um, And... I hope to churn out a good bit of content, hopefully, each and every day. Um, you know, not everything's going to be some humongous deep dive. Some of it may be a quick video. Some of it may be, you know, me standing in front of Davis Wade Stadium giving you a quick hit on some new stuff. Or, or maybe it's just some unique uh, interviews and, and asking different stuff. And I plan to make this a fun place to go. Uh, you, you got a lot of options. You got 24 uh, 7. You got. Uh, Clear and ledger, you, you you got all of these places, including well, they're listening on super talk, Brian. They know they got this. You should mention me first, yeah. I guess so. Uh, wouldn't have this platform if it weren't for you, so I guess I'd, God. but but yeah, uh, I hope to make this a, a place that is a little bit unique. That when you come there, you, you might see a video or, or read some little tidbit or see something that you might not would have gotten anywhere else. Um, you know, a lot of these places are going to have some of the same news. I hope to deliver it to you in an entertaining and informative way. And there's going to be some, sometimes, some deep dives and some, some stuff that you didn't know and some unique stuff. It's going to be fun. And, and I, I guess my my plea to you all here, the thunder and lightning heads,
0: uh, thunderbolts and lightning
1: thunderbolts heads. and lightning heads. Yeah. Um, is just that you would go to to Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner. You would click on the uh, the follow link in the top right hand corner if you're on your computer. If you're on your phone, you actually have to click. A, there's a little bell, looks like a notification thing. Yeah. Um, click on that, and just sign up for the site. That's all you gotta do. Doesn't cost you a dime. Just put your email address in and and uh, and start interacting. Uh, there's a community section. It's kind of like a, it, it's I guess my version of a message board. Um, it, it's more social media like than a message board, but it's the same thing. Um, just interact. Come read, watch, have a good old time, and right. I appreciate all of you, by the way, for all the support at the SDN here on Thunder and Lightning through the years and stuff. And I would hope that maybe you would keep supporting because, we'll <laughs> quite frankly, I'm a one man show here, guys. At, at, at Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, it is a place with an employee list of one. I am the owner, the publisher, the operator, the editor of the site. The reporter of the site. And uh, quite honestly, I need all the help I can get. So uh, if you guys would like to uh, contribute and I liked, help out. I
0: like be great. what you're, you're like, you're, I guess, sort of like an intro statement you made where you talked about how, you know, so you laid out that you were a fan, and but you still want to provide good, unbiased. You know, it's possible to do that. It's possible to be a fan and still be a neutral observer and be, you know, unbiased in your coverage. Well, we've talked about this Man, story. it would just be so much better if people understood that. <laughs> and if people were willing to admit how they feel sometimes.
1: <laughs> go ahead. I mean, we've talked about it on this show before. And I, I know that it's tough for... It's probably tough for people to believe. It, it's pro, it'd probably be tough for me to believe this 10 years ago or so. Mm-hmm. For me, when I go in that press box... And when I, when I write articles and when I ask questions, for me, there's almost this switch that I can cut on and off. Yeah. Like, I truly think that you can be a professional journalist even if you're covering the team that you've grown up rooting for. I, yeah. I don't think that, that there is an issue there. I think some people can't. You're right. I, I, I think that, that there, there are some people that... that Think, either think that you can't or, or just they're not able to flip that switch. And, I mean, to me, you have to be able to, if Mississippi State loses a heartbreaker, do that story justice. Mm-hmm. And I th- I'm not trying to pat myself on the back or stroke my ego, but I think I can do that fine. Yeah. Like, I, it is it is a unique position to be in. Yeah. Because there is, and, and I as I wrote about in my intro on Cowbell Corner, there is a, a subset of folks that will forever look down on me because of who I grew up rooting for and what my degrees say. Yeah. And the athletic department that I used to work in, there's going to be folks that think I, there's no way this kid, I like calling myself a kid, 35. Yeah. Uh, there's no way this guy can can objectively cover Mississippi State given his background. He's just a big old homer. Yeah. And I honestly think that the last five years, I mean, I like trying to, keep it real with you guys, I would prefer Mississippi State to win the game. Spoiler.
0: Yeah. Um, makes our jobs easier.
1: It makes our jobs easier and stuff, but I honestly believe that I can do this job as well as somebody that got their degree from Timbuktu State. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that my background is going to ever hamper my work. I don't think that it has. I don't think that it will. In fact, I honestly believe that my background is going to make my work better because I think I have a grasp and an understanding of where Mississippi State has been uh, and, you know, what is kind of the perception of the program amongst those that root for it or amongst those that will read my work and, mm. and see my... I think I can cover it in a way that somebody that had not been around it can Um uh, So anyway, we'll see. But I would appreciate your all continued support and it would be much appreciated. Very much appreciated. All right. <laughs> Follow well, me on Cowbell Corner. Bro. I mean, I guess I will. Jeez Louise. all <laughs>
0: Came on a little strong, for next time. No, just that's I mean. all right. Well, congrats, my friend. I'm glad, I'm glad to see it, and I'm looking forward to uh, to reading what you put out. I might actually read some of it. You know, I never read any of Bob's stuff very rarely, unless I knew I was getting mentioned. Then I would for sure read it. Well, that's I have th- the ego the size of Texas, evidently.
1: That's another thing too. Like I said, there's going to be some deep dive stuff, but they want to, you know, they want some some shorter stuff too that that features some video, uh here and there and. You know, hopefully it's not something that intimidates you. I mean, there's gonna be if you want to have a deep dive, there's gonna be some of those, and if you just want the news real quick, I mean, there's gonna be some of that too. So, cool. Hopefully there's gonna be some for everybody. All
0: right. Well, you mentioned deep dive. I think we're gonna make this maybe a little bit of a Friday tradition. Normally I try to get some interviews. Couldn't get one this week, but that's fine. We've been doing these uh, these deep dives, and we've been talking about whole seasons or whole you know like a, a whole run or whatever. Not today. We're going to look at just one game, but I think this game is worthy of talking maybe 30, 40 minutes about it. I think it is, prior to the 2014 game against Auburn, it was the most important MSU football game maybe since Jackie Sherrill's first year. Maybe when he beat Texas. I really do believe that. We're going to talk about the 2009 Egg Bowl today. Um, a game that you talk about uh, You know, being a fan. I attended this game as a fan. And maybe one of the maybe the most enjoyable football game start to finish that I've ever been a part of. Because it's it's just I can't tell you how many times in, in the recent past, how many times in the last fifteen years or so has there been an egg bowl where State was the underdog and won the game? You think about you know, under under Mullen, Chrome, whatever. I mean, have there been a lot of times where State won in an upset? Ole Miss has won in some upsets. Yeah. 12 was an upset. 14 was an upset. uh, 17 was an upset. Um, Trying to think back. But either the teams are evenly matched, and usually when they're evenly matched it's because they're both bad, but regardless. Or State has just been the favorite, you know. Ole Miss was a favorite in 15, and they won. Uh, Ole Miss was a favorite in 08, and they won. So the times where State's been the underdog and been able to win have just been sort of few and far between. Maybe oh one one would be the last time before this. And I went to this game. You know, Ole Miss is coming off of the win against LSU. They're 8-3 and three on the year. They're ranked in the top 25. Their fans are booking trips to Orlando to go to the Citrus Bowl, planning those winter trips to you know, Christmas at Disney, and then, you know, State's 4-7. and seven. They've been knocked out of the bowl picture. They're They're much better than they were a year ago. You know, at this point, they were four and seven coming into this game a year ago, but that four and seven and this four and seven are different. They're totally different from Mullen yeah. to Crew. But I didn't. I didn't walk into Davis Wade that day thinking I'm gonna. We're gonna walk out of here winning this game, and I, I'm gonna assume. Were you at this game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You you are probably with me on this.
1: Oh yeah. Um, I, I came into this game expecting. I guess... I don't want to say I expected them to get... Well, I didn't expect a whooping by any stretch of the imagination. I thought it, it was in Starkville and and Mississippi State. You know, I felt like they were going to make a good showing of it. But mm-hmm. I just felt like Ole Miss was the much better team. And, like, I guess it was by halftime, it became obvious that, holy cow, State's fixing to win this game. Yeah. And, and at that... I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm I'm like you, no, I had zero expectation, I think, of, of Mississippi State winning this game. I mean, right. I know that earlier in the year, you had the LSU game, you had some moments where you felt like Mississippi State, under Dan Mullen, was going to turn a curve, but this was not a, a, a point where I thought that, you know, I didn't think at the end of this day that Dan Mullen was going to be holding a mic, giving a pep rally yeah, speech. We'll get,
0: we'll get to that. Um I feel like really when you talk about this game, you do have to go back to the year before and what happened in Oxford and, and the way that that game went and how, you know, I've said it many times, I think that the way State lost that game made it impossible to keep Sylvester Croom. I think if State had somehow played Ole Miss tight and uh, lost a 10-point a, a game, I honestly think Sylvester Croom would have been back for 2009. He was bringing in what was going to be his highest rated recruiting class. He had his QB of the future and Tyler Russell signed up, or or committed anyway. And I think he would have done that. But the way Ole Miss humiliated State made, made it untenable. And so you bring in Dan Mullen. And Mullen is... Say what you want about Mullen, whether you like him or don't like him at this point in his career. Uh... Oh, okay. I was like, I was looking at Ole Miss's 2010 schedule for some reason. I was like, I thought I was looking at State. I was like, State didn't play Tennessee in 2000. Okay, I got, I got it now. <laughs> I was really confused for a second. Um, Mullen came in, and th- the smartest thing Dan Mullen ever did was latch himself to the Egg Bowl rivalry. He knew State the same way Jackie did when he arrived. He knew we were tired of Ole Miss people. Rubbing superiority in their face. They really did think that they had re- that they were about to undergo a new renaissance under Houston Nutt. That he, you know, back-to-back, back, he had taken them to the Cotton Bowl in 2008. They thought that they were about to take off and start challenging Alabama and LSU at the top of the conference. And he came in and immediately made that the focus. And that's smart. Yeah. It's, it's smart business. And that's something that Houston Nutt did not do. Did not do. And, and then Hugh Freeze did do it. Yeah. And was smart again to do it because as much as Ole Miss fans don't want to, they they want to tell you they don't care. They care more than anything, the same way State fans do. It's even. So you know, it's an up and down year, two thousand nine. A lot of fun moments in that year. You know, for a four five for a four win team at that point, they've had some fun times. The LSU game came up short, but it was a lot of fun. Um, You know, they had some moments in the uh, the Georgia Tech game and in the Houston game. You know, if this is a team that if they had played a regular non conference schedule, they easily go to a bowl game. You look at the teams they played in the non conference. (laughs) (laughs) They played Jackson State, obviously, and they beat Middle Tennessee State. But between Georgia Tech, Houston, and Middle Tennessee, those teams were a combined 31 and and, uh, and 10. That's your non conference opponents. Houston was ranked, and Georgia Tech, I think, ended up winning the ACC that year. If they play UAB, or Louisiana Tech, or something like that. They go 6-6, six and six and they're in a bowl. And now you're talking about Mullen never missed a bowl. And, and you know, gosh, it just would have been so different. That's That was Templeton's last screw you on the way out the door. <laughs> so, you come into this game, early kickoff, but really good at it. There was like an air of optimism that maybe something could happen, because it's the Egg Bowl. But I think most MSU fans were just like, let's just not get run off the field. Yeah. Yeah. I think last year was... When, you talk, when we were talking about baseball, we were talking about letting the Texas Southern loss sort of taint everything. Last year's Egg Bowl hung heavy over this game, in my opinion. Do you agree?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, do you think there was any fear at all that, that something similar could happen
0: again? Well, Here, there there uh, had to be because you know this was still a good Ole Miss team. Uh huh. They've just come off of uh, that win over LSU. Um, they had beaten down Tennessee two weeks before that. They had beaten Arkansas. Yeah, this was a really good team. They had started the year ranked in the top five, and obviously they hadn't reached those heights. But you you know they still had McCluster, who scared the hell out of me. He was a guy that you know, every time he got the ball, you're like, okay, he's gone. Sneed. Snead is such an interesting character, you know, in terms of he was so good his first year at Ole Miss, and he took such a big step back uh, his second year. Defensively, they were good enough, you know. They had, they had, some, they had not given up more than 33 points coming into this game. That was to Auburn. But beyond, other than that, they hadn't given up more than 23 points in a game. So they only really had one bad defensive game the whole season. They were, they were a good football team yeah. coming, to, coming to Starkville that day.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember back. Dan, in his introductory press conference, when he first got to Starkville, he started the T-Sun thing then, right? The school up north. The yeah. school up yeah. north. I don't know if it was I'm in the try- first
0: press conference, but it was soon after. It was after. soon
1: after. I'm yeah. trying to remember what Dan's um, press conferences and, and, and media availabilities were like in the week leading up to this game.
0: So I wasn't Did, part of the media. I
1: wasn't so. either. I mean, I, I was working in the athletic department. um this what? particular year, as a when you hold it a, easy, an, he tells. And yeah, <laughs> as as an intern with Learfield, actually, th- yeah. this particular year. But, um, I guess when you when I think back on it now, they you know, hindsight being what it is, the way that Dan eventually proved himself to prioritize this game, Ash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We didn't know that at the time. I mean, we knew he'd called him t and stuff, mm-hmm. but now with hindsight, we know how big this game was to Mullen. I, I guess it really shouldn't shock us that State came out punching in this game.
0: Yeah. Um, it also shouldn't shock you that the two best Egg Bowl performances probably were the two years you knew Mullen wasn't job hunting, his first year and in 2016. I mean, the two years he was, you knew, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt he was totally focused on the Egg Bowl and nothing else – were the two best, you know? You put eleven in there, but that old Miss team was so bad that anything they stay could have you just showed up. Could have named the score. Could have named the score. If you ever want to get Chad Bumpus riled up, bring that game up because he knows it should have been like eighty to nothing. It's, it still bugs him to this day that they were they were merciful that day.
1: Well, that kind of surprises me too, knowing Dan that he was merciful in an egg bowl. Well,
0: I mean he 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 was merciful in this one. State was on the five, weren't they? Yeah, I think, I think so. we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute. I got the play by play pulled up. So this game starts. And you remember when State played LSU this past year, and we talked about you know being aggressive and you know when you're the underdog, you got nothing to lose, and this and more and Moorhead did that. You know, he was in the first quarter, especially he was super aggressive. Yeah. Fourth and two from the MSU 36 Ole Miss fakes a punt to get a first down. And I know their fans are probably going crazy, and I'm thinking at this point, that they're a little nervous. Because for two reasons. One, why are you going for it here? I mean, I know you're on the 36, and it's I'm I'm probably I probably go for it too, but I'm just going to line up and, and give the ball to Dexter McCluster and get two yards. Yep. And they fake the punt against a four and seven Mississippi State team. I think they had an idea that state that state could provide some trouble for them. I think Nutt had an idea that he needed to to come out and, and hit a couple of shots early, because otherwise, why do you do that? Well, I'm
1: thinking back. I mean, this is during that period of time, right where. The Visitor didn't win the Egg Bowl much.
0: Right. The Uh, the Visitor had not won the Egg Bowl since 2003 in this series. Yeah, so
1: uh, there's something about being on the road in the Egg Bowl, or there was. Mm -hmm. I guess recent years have kind of turned that on its head a little bit. But um, back in this period of time, it may have just been a mental thing for these two teams. When you're playing at the other one's stadium... Even though the sports books and things might say you're you're not the underdog, mm-hmm. you might kind of feel
0: like you feel it. a little confident so you're going the other way with this, but maybe he was just so confident he's like I'm, I'm, I can do what I want here
1: well well no I, I'm saying that maybe he felt like the a, a little bit of an underdog well don't know Houston nut a, a, a new
0: i, I don't i, I, I think <laughs> i think he 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 had an idea that state could handle them a little bit and he needed to get a, an early knockout blow in. It doesn't really work in that State holds them to a field goal. They, are, they get down to the MSU two-yard line, and they can't punch it in. And they hit a 26-yard uh, field goal. So 3-0 Ole Miss uh, midway through the first quarter. What an interesting first quarter. Two possessions. State has Ole Miss gets the opening kickoff, 13 plays, 60 yards, seven, seven minutes and six seconds off the clock. State has a 12-play, 69-yard drive going, seven minutes and 50 seconds off the clock when the quarter ends. You don't ever see that.
1: Yeah you you may have you may have seen it back in the day whenever uh, teams lined up a little more, just ran it at you kind of deal. But in today's age of spread football and everything else, mm-hmm. yeah, a little, a little odd.
0: So, State's drive is an interesting one. They get a couple of, of of decent pass plays. Marcus Green on second down gets a catches a little pass out in the flat, and takes it twenty three yards. Tyson Lee also hits a Chad Bumpus down to the old Miss forty-one for a first down. Then Tyson Lee has a long run, a twenty-two yard run down to the eighteen yard line. And at that point, the drive basically stalls out. They get one more first down, but on first first and goal, they can't do anything with it from the old Miss nine. Uh, Tyson Lee is sacked on third down, and then on uh, they bring in deep pass Qual to kick a field goal, and it's three-three. So not only you know did you take their best shot, you took their trick play and held them to a field goal. You've answered. And at this point, I have to think, I think, by the way that I've, I've been around Mullen and from what I've seen of his locker room videos, his motivation strategy is, I'm confident, you should be confident too. And I'm going to, I have to make an assumption that pregame, that's what he, he's like, we can beat these guys, we're going to beat these guys. At this point in the game, the, the, team, the team in Maroon has to feel pretty good about the odds on that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know how State couldn't be feeling good. You, you're at home. Like you said, you you stopped Ole Miss. They, they get the field goal. You come back and answer. And, and if I remember right, I'm trying to put myself back in the moment as we go through this. Mm-hmm. As, we, as we get into the second quarter here with a tie game, mm-hmm. once you get into the middle portion of a football game, mm-hmm. And you're in it.
0: It settles in.
1: Yeah, you're, you're settled in and you start to convince yourself that, hey, we can go punch for punch with them. Right. And I think that that's where State found itself. And as it got later in the second quarter, of course, they would take a lead there for a little while and mm-hmm. it, it really got to that point.
0: Yeah, so then we have this interesting back and forth here where Ole Miss, State kicks off. On first down, State forces a fumble. A quick a quick pass to Dexter McCluster. K.J. Wright fumbles it. Jamar Chaney picks it up. And, you, and State's in business now out there at the Ole Miss 35. And then... You lose nine on first down, so you're second and 19, and then second play, Tyson Lee gives it right back to him, intercepted by Patrick Trahan, and he takes it down to the state 38-yard line. Ole Miss would convert this into another field goal. Again, they get, first, they get down to the uh, MSU 10-yard line, but can't convert from there. Uh, also of note on this drive, I think this may have been Pat Patterson's only catch of his career. <laughs> Old Pat Pat, who could forget? Uh, but that said... Six three Ole Miss, uh, but again, you you you've you've held them. You know you 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 had the momentum. You gave it right back to them, but then you didn't let them score a touchdown. So it's six to three. State goes three and out on the next uh, on the next possession. All all passes. It's it's so interesting the way this game starts and the way it finishes. Mm-hmm. State's throwing the ball early in this game. Ole Miss gets the ball back, but again, they can't do anything with it. They they uh, punt it back to Mississippi State, and here's where you go. Chris Ralph comes in, and on his first play from scrimmage, rushes 28 yards to uh, MSU 47. Sign of things to come. Yeah. Next play, Robert Elliott rushes 10 yards, rocks the deuce. Down Can we get the,
1: Robert Elliott for a deep dive?
0: I would love to get Robert Elliott for a deep dive. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> They bring Tyson Lee back in on third down. He hits Anthony Dixon for a first down. Then they bring Ralph right back in. Boom, another 22-yard gain for him. They bring Tyson Lee back in, and on second and goal, he pitches to Anthony Dixon uh, for the touchdown. And State has grabbed a 10-6 lead in the Egg Bowl in a game where uh, – at this, this is the point where it started becoming really real that not only was State in the game, but with Ralph, they had something that Ole Miss was not prepared for. And that surprised me because when Chris Relf came in, I, my first thought is, okay, they're going to run. And I felt like if I knew that, that maybe Tyrone Nix should have known that as well. But evidently he did not know that. And MSU would contend, like you said, Relf's first play of the game is a 28-yard run. That is a sign of things to come uh, for MSU. Ole Miss would answer immediately. Uh, Snee puts together a really nice drive. Uh, McCluster leads it off with a quick 22-yard uh, 20, run. Then Snead hits Shea Hodge to get down to the MSU 35. Uh, he hits Marquise Summers to get to stay, down to the MSU 23. And then from there, the crazy catch that Shea Hodge made, makes in the yeah. end zone. Fantastic catch. One of the best catches I've seen at, at, at uh, Davis-Wade Stadium. This
1: drive, to me, thinking back to it in real time, seemed like it only took like 20 seconds.
0: Six plays, 73 yards, 2 minutes and 13 seconds. So, yeah, they moved. pretty quick. They decided they, – they, they move, I and mean, that's pretty impressive. And that's it for the half. State gets the ball back. Uh, they do get a first down, but then the, the clock runs out, and you go to the half down. You're only down 13-10. to 10. I think it's a tale of two sides. I think it's a tale of state. It's probably like, we are going, we're in this game. We can win this game. And on the Ole Miss side, they're like, what is happening? We thought we were going to come up here and it was going to be like last. I guarantee you their fans thought it was just going to be a repeat of 2008. The coaching staff I don't know so much, but you've got a really tight football game, and what you don't know is that it's about to get out of hand, but not in the way that you think. (laughs) So, before we get into the second half, let's move into the third quarter, talk about our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. I see my friend Tyler Bratton, MSU softball coach, got his hands on a lovely tri-tip from a... Welcome Home Beef. And if you don't know a lot about tri-tip, that is a tender, tender piece of meat if you cook it the right way. Looks like Tyler did a great job on that. And they've got those cuts at Welcome Home Beef. It's not just about the ribeyes and the fillets. They've got hanger steaks and strip steaks. They've got skirt steak. They've got the, the, the tri-tip. They've got a lot of great options for you. Whatever's red meat, they can pretty much make it happen. You saw those, those beef short ribs that I cooked a few weeks ago. So a lot of great options there at Welcome Home Beef. Don't, don't, don't miss out. Give them a call today at 662-418-2021 or just go to facebook.com slash beef to place your order. They'll bring it right out to the car. They'll ship wherever you you want them to ship it to. And you can be enjoying some USDA prime beef on your grill, in the pan, in the crock pot, however you want to cook it. You can make it happen. Please give them a call today and enjoy. I, I got ribeyes set for this Sunday. Cannot wait to cook them. You'll be seeing those pictures on social media. They're going to be delicious. I guarantee it. You want to know why I know that? Because why, Jolte?
1: Because, Brian.
0: When you go to Welcome Home Beef. It just tastes good. All right. Not going to taste nearly as good as this victory is going to taste <laughs> in about however long. So stay- I would love to just go back in time and have a, I don't know, a GoPro or something just looking right at you. During this game? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there, I I can make that happen for you. I have some pictures I I've got available. Really? Yeah. Oh. Right. So we'll we'll have a look. Uh, can I can I video it and put it on Cowbell Corner? It's just pictures. S- Still. I guess if you really, if you really want to. <laughs> State comes out of the locker room and immediately drives down, the, puts together a decent drive. Uh, Leon Barry gets them started with a decent kickoff return. They're out to the, their own 37. Dixon hits a couple of runs, and then Chris Ralph again, a 20-yard run gets MSU into uh, Ole Miss territory down at the 32. But then they this is sort of where the game really turns. Tyson Lee comes in. He gets sacked. Then he throws incomplete. Dixon takes gets an eight-yard gain to get State back into better field goal range. D-Pasquale hits from 48 yards out, and it's 13-13. to 13. That's Tyson Lee's last uh, drive. That's where the decision's made. Like, look, every time Ralph goes in, we're getting yards. We have to make this decision. Ole Miss comes out and goes three and out. Can't do anything. Uh, big play is a, a hurry from K.J. Wright and, and Pernell McPhee on third and four to, uh, to, to flush uh, Snead. They punt it away, and State takes over, and then State takes control of the game at yep. this point. Ralph in at quarterback, and let's just read it off here. Dixon for nine, Dixon for four, Ralph for four, Ralph for three, Ralph for six, first down. Incomplete to Leon Barry. then complete to Bumpus for first, then Ralph for three yards, first down. Dixon for five, Elliott for three. Dixon for 22, first, then goal. Stallworth for two, and then Ralph rolls out and finds Marcus Green in the end zone to take a 20-13 to 13 lead. I don't know if I've told this or not, but I'm friends with Arnell Stallworth. And... One of the first times I met him, I asked him about that play right there. Because if you go back and watch it, he and Marcus Green are running the same route. So I asked him, I was like, who screwed up? And it was him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I was not supposed to run a corner there. And if you watch it, Green has to sort of go It's almost like Star Wars defending him. <laughs> and he goes up and makes the catch, though, comes down with it. And now State has scored uh, the first uh, ten, 10 points. Sure. There are not 10 unanswered here. And it's about to get bigger. It's about to get bigger. Ole Miss gets the, gets the ball back, and Snead immediately turns it over. On third down, he, hits, he finds Charles Mitchell, who does not play for Ole Miss, who takes it down uh, to the Ole Miss 34-yard line, and then one of the funniest plays in MSU history. Dixon rush for no gain. Dixon rushed for one. Elliott, loss of one. Fourth and ten at the Ole Miss 34. Doesn't want, Mullen doesn't want to kick a 51-yard field goal. Decides to go for it. Ralph rolls out and hits a wide-open Chad Bumpus, who does the rest, uh, scoots away from a couple of tacklers, and gets into the end zone. It's 27-13. to 13. After the game, <laughs> Ralph would say, nah, Ralph, this is where you got to have a PR guy to tell you, like, yeah, I saw Bumpus come open and I hit Nope, he tells us he's looking for O'Neal Wilder, yep. who I don't even remember where he – I need to go back and watch that play again so I can see if I can see where O'Neal Wilder was. By the way, O'Neal Wilder reference, uh, but Bumpus does the work there to make it twenty. It's now twenty-seven to thirteen, Mississippi State, and Davis Wade is rocking. This place was insane at yeah. this point because now you know. Not only do you know that hey, State's going to win this game, but there's the there's the potential. It's State might really win big. That that you you're rocking them here. Fourth quarter starts. First play of the fourth quarter, <laughs> Ole Miss gets back into the game. Uh, Snead hits Marquise Summers again. A pass. I, I can still see it in my head. Uh, uh, Jonathan Banks in man coverage, and I remember sort of like the whole Nico Whitley thing. I was like, why is Banks in man coverage? Now that would I would revert that statement two years later, obviously. Yeah. As he got better at it, but they just went right over the top. They hit Marquise Summers, forty-eight uh, yard touchdown. It's twenty-seven twenty Ole Miss, and then State just does exactly. Once Ralph, look at what happens when State gets Ralph into the game. Field goal, touchdown, and a little spoiler alert here. Touchdown, touchdown, uh, fumble at the one-yard line, uh, and then uh, end of game. That's the drives. He, he could have easily put up 48. So Ole Miss is down 27 20. This is the drive for MSU. Ralph for seven. Ralph for loss of two. Dixon for seven. Ralph for six. Bumpus for seven. Bumpus again for seven. Uh, Dixon for four. Ralph a 10 yard touchdown run. 34 20 Mississippi State. State is gashing Ole Miss. I mean, every time they run the ball, it seems there they are just gaping holes in the Ole Miss defense. This was a good Ole Miss defense. When you look at their start, look at the starting lineup for the Rebels here. Marcus Tillman, Jarrell Poe, Lawan Scott, Control Lockett, that's a good defensive line. That's pretty good. Patrick Trahan was a good linebacker for them. In the secondary, Kendrick Lewis played in the NFL. Cassius Vaughn was a decent corner. But they were completely bamboozled by what State's doing here. They had no, no chance at anything. And it was it was crazy to watch. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean,
1: you kind of touched on this a minute ago, so I, I don't want to beat a dead horse too much. But, you know, State wins this game ultimately and moves to 5-7. and seven. And this was a Mississippi State team that could have been – Brian, it could, have, it could have been a 9-win team. Yeah, I mean, look at the – Again, I mean, if they'd have beaten – I mean, if you're not playing Houston and Georgia Tech mm-hmm. – and you're just playing whoever. you probably probably winning those. There, you
0: you should have so beat LSU. Now, now you're 7-5. and five. You should beat have beat LSU. LSU. That, that's 8-4. That's four. 8, and then you go to a bowl game and win it. You're 9-4. Imagine Mullen's first year of State's 9-4. and four. Dude, you just thought 2010 had a lot yeah. of hype.
1: I mean, really, 2009 will be forever looked at as a 5-7 and seven team mm-hmm. that set the foundation for the Mullen era. Yeah. But, I mean, it really was a, you know...
0: And even in a whisker away from being an eight or nine win team, and two of their losses where they they ended up losing big, Auburn and, and and Arkansas, they had to lead in both of those. Yeah, they were up fourteen nothing on Arkansas, I, I want to say, and I knew they they battled back and were up I think twenty one fourteen or something like yeah. that on, on Auburn, and then Auburn just it just got away yeah. from them. But like you said, I shouldn't say a whisker away from being an eight or nine win no. team. No,
1: but a, a you sch- can play some if what if schedule had
0: been different, right? You know, if they- if you if they played the two thousand ten schedule now that Houston team wasn't very good. But if they played played Memphis, Allcorn, UAB and Houston. Yeah, and I instead of Georgia Tech, they probably they they win at least one more game. Probably two. I mean the Houston game, you think about the 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 crazy play with uh where Tyson Lee hits the guy and they, they call him over the line and Mullen didn't know that you I don't think Mullen knew that you could review that. Yeah. So yeah, that's how that goes. 34-20 Mississippi State. And all Jevin Snead does is give the ball directly back to Mississippi State on the next on the second play. Uh, he's intercepted again by Charles Mitchell, who takes it all the way down to the Ole Miss 24. Ralph Elliott and Dixon take State down to the one, but then my guy Arnell Stallworth coughs it up, diving into the end zone. And Ole Miss gets the ball back. For naught, though, because on the ensuing drive, Ole Miss, this is a 10-play, 59-yard drive that ends in an MSU touchdown. Snead hits Shea Hodge for nine, McCluster for a 14-yard run. My guess is I thought he was going to score. I'm, McCluster terrified me. <laughs> Every time he had the ball, it's like, he's gone. Yeah. Like, I almost would just close your eyes when he had the ball. Just wait for the crowd. Incomplete, McCluster for five, Uh almost with a false start, but then they hit Lionel Bro of all people, for a 24-yard gain. Then incomplete, Sneed is sacked. Then Snead throws incomplete on 3rd and seven, t- third and 17. And then on 4th and 17, they hit a first down on 4th and 17 to uh, Shea Hodge. <coughs> but then on the next play, uh, Broomfield picks off Snead and takes it all the way for a 64-yard pick six. It's 41-20. And you're thinking, name the score at this point. And I'm up in there thinking, if 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 Mullen can get to 50, he's going to. He's gonna he's gonna make a point here. Ole Miss again. <laughs> just, they
1: did a good they, they did a good job of of uh, they would
0: answer some scores every uh, now and punching day. back. Yeah, Ole Miss you kick off get a good return out to the Ole Miss forty eight and then McLuster takes a, a short pass fifty two yards. In baseball terminology, uh,
1: you know Mississippi State couldn't. Uh, you know, come out and get that clean in yeah, Couldn't after, after, get a shutdown Yeah, inning. couldn't get that shutdown any.
0: But then State finishes it up. Ole Miss uh, tries for the onside. State recovers it. And then Dixon basically closes it out, including the crazy run where he jumps over the Ole Miss guy for the first down to make it first and goal. And then at, at the Ole Miss eight – our State uh, – I'm sorry. Ole Miss, is, it's first and goal at the four, and State just takes a knee. To a rousing chorus of boos, I might add. Everybody in the stadium wanted another touchdown. Uh, final score, 41-27. From Dixon with love. You remember that? What a fantastic moment that was. Uh, this is the moment that Mississippi State football sh- completely shook off the Sylvester Croom era and moved forward into the program that we now see today that goes to bowl games basically every year. Yeah. There was one program in that state that was on the rise, I believe. uh. Now, I have been told in the past that (laughs) Mullen did not have any of that planned. That he was just handed a hot mic, and he just said what was on his mind. And, of course, you remember earlier in the week, Houston Nutt had said, talking about recruits, he said the recruits, they know which program is on the rise in this state. Talking about Ole Miss, they had just beaten LSU. And so when he gets the win and Ole Miss is slinking off into the locker room, and I will never forget listening to this. Mullen takes the, takes the mic, and obviously he says, there's certainly one program on the state that's on, in this state that's on the rise, and that's right here in Starkville. And at that point, if he had said, now I need all of you MSU fans to jump off of Scott Field and kill yourselves, everybody would have done it without question. <laughs> he had us all in the palm of his hand at that moment in time. No question about it.
1: He really should have just started like <laughs> ripping off his visor and dropping elbows on it and give it a woo. And he, just, just, I don't know if you remember this. The next year, the and I asked
0: Matt Wyatt about this. Remember Wyatt had a year where he was sort of like on the field? He, he, it was before the Georgia game. He said something and he was just like, So I want everybody to get up. We're gonna win this football game and that's and he just like threw the mic up in the air. Yeah, I remember. And Wyatt had to scramble to catch it. <coughs> I remember asking him, like, did you know he's he's like, I had no idea he was gonna throw the mic. I was like, I-, I got lucky that I caught it. But this was sort of that this was a Ric Flair kind of moment. This was a like it or don't like it, to be the man, you gotta beat the man kind of if he had just strutted off the field, it would have been incredible. And when you think about what happened to State from this and what happens to Ole Miss from this, obviously the next year Ole Miss, they tank. And the next year they go winless in the conference. They have to hire Hugh Freeze, who, you know, I don't know if you guys are aware of this. He he won some games, but he may have done so under some questionable circumstances. And now, you know, they haven't been to a bowl game in four years where State has just continued to, even in the, even in State's down years, they're still going to bowl games. For everybody who says, oh, it's so easy to go to a bowl game, not everybody's doing it. I say, this all, I say this over and over again. It is easier to go to bowl games, but not everybody's doing it. So the stat breakdown of this game is ridiculous um, when you look at it. it the, the passing stats look like the Croom era in that you are 8 of 14 for 95 yards. Ralph did throw two touchdowns. No, no interceptions for him. But State rushes the ball 59 times for 348 yards. Dixon, 29 carries for 133. Ralph, 15 carries for 131. They both had a score. State held McCluster, who I I could go back and look. I want to say he may have been the leading rusher in the conference, to only 82 yards rushing on 16 carries. Uh, Snead did throw for three touchdowns, but he threw three picks as well. Um, This was an incredible football game, an incredible win, and – I honestly think that in terms of just happiness after a win, this is really high for a lot of MSU fans. Because, like, most of the time when you go into a game and you expect to win, and then when you win, it's more relief, right? Yeah. And then, but when you have the upset win, you know, it's, it's something different. And State doesn't have a whole ton of upset wins in the last decade. You think about Mullins, what are the upset wins? What were the games where you really thought State had no chance to win and they won? This is one. LSU 14 is one. But uh, even then, there were a lot of people, and I will include myself among them. I mean,
1: I'm, you know, I'm Mr. Optimist, though. This mm-hmm. was the year before I was on the beat, so yeah. I feel like I can say
0: this comfortably. Right. I thought Mississippi State was going to win that game. I did not. Did not think that. Now, now part of that, I'm, I'm sort of poisoned by LSU, obviously. Yeah. But, you know. But, I mean, you can make the case that that was an upset win. Yeah, I was sure. definitely an upset. They were, yeah. they were an underdog in that game, they were an underdog uh, in 2017 to LSU. Yeah. Uh, you know, but they're, they're, for the most part, State has, you know, Just they've won. That that was all we I said about Mullen. He won the games he was supposed to win. There's not a lot of upset wins. This was an upset win, and I just remember the happiness of it uh, being something. But for me, this is the pivotal turning point. Not only for state, this is the turning point for Ole Miss. It was never the same for Houston Nutt. He finishes uh, the next two years. He's six and eighteen. I mean, he went from he was nine and four, nine and four. So what, eighteen and eight, and then he's six and eighteen on the way out. Uh, Pretty brutal. Mullen, of course, would go on to win the next two against Ole Miss, and then when Hugh Freeze came in, it changed the dynamic of the rivalry, obviously. And, you know, that's, that's a deep dive for another day. But this game, to me, I, I think it gets, it gets overlooked sometimes. Everybody talks about the 14 game, the four, that little stretch in 14. Obviously, they talk about 80 Alabama, 96 Alabama, 07 Alabama. This is the biggest Egg Bowl win. I mean, in a long time. Maybe since Jackie's first one. And again, it's sort of the same thing that Jackie's first win lets you know that it was a new day for Mississippi State. Yeah. So did this one. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's more than just this game, but in some ways, on this day is where the foundation was officially laid for things like beating Auburn in 14. Right. Things like, you know, Dak Prescott coming to Mississippi State. Right. Things like. Whatever. Fill in the blank. But all all of that, you know, could it have happened had Mississippi State lost this day? I guess it could. But this was where people's eyes were open to the fact that great things were ahead. Now, I think it got with the number one ranking in 14 and all the stuff that happened in the mid-2010s. It went even higher probably than anyone ever would have imagined. But on this day in 2009. On this day. <laughs> we saw clearly. Yes. Uh, what was about to come to light. And, yeah. It, you're right, I mean, as far as great days in Mississippi State history, there's several games that I think kind of get overlooked and overshadowed a little bit. There's this one, another Chris Ralph game, when he just trounced Michigan in the Gator Bowl. Yeah. That, that one stands out. There are several kind of overlooked games when you think about humongous games in Mississippi State history. But you're right, this is up there, man. I, I don't know that we get this past decade of it, really good Mississippi State football. If this year doesn't culminate the it way started that it started this does way,
0: here. I, I believe that because I think you know it, the way that everything transpired going forward, it happened because Mullen proved he could beat Ole Miss. Yeah, in the first. Year. I mean, play it back the other way. What if Ole Miss
1: does come to Starfle in two thousand nine and repeat two thousand eight?
0: Then they go they go ten and three on the year. They go to the Citrus Bowl or the Capital One Bowl, I guess at that time. You know they finish in the top fifteen probably, and it's and you're four and eight again, and you just you don't feel this. I remember you, the 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 summer after that, and you're thinking, okay, almost was nine and four, state was five and seven, but state fans dominated anywhere you went. It was state fans, oh we're coming for you, you know you know it's about to get bad for y'all, and almost fans really couldn't say anything. So yeah, every everything changed around this game, and it's it's one that we we should talk about a little bit more often as an, a very important win. Uh, in MSU history. All right, on um, Sunday's show, we'll wrap up the uh, the Sweet 16 uh, and and move into the Elite Eight. We'll have – I mean, the entire Elite Eight will be on the show. So we'll have all four of those matchups for you to look at and get ready to talk about. And then uh, going forward, we'll see what happens. We'll have a lot – I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. Obviously, with the bracket widening down, we've got to come up with some new ideas, but I think we've got some of those covered, and we'll talk about them uh, starting uh, in the coming weeks. Guys, have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, the nice weather on Saturday, Sunday. I look forward to seeing your cooking photos on Twitter Saturday uh, evening. We'll I'll get I'll, I'll send out the call to glory that evening, and we'll 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 share in some delicious dishes that we all prepared uh, this weekend. Happy Mother's Day to all the lo- the lovely ladies out there who are listening to us. If you are a mother, uh, Joel and I salute you. Because my guess is, if, if your children are as bad as Joel and I were growing up, you probably <laughs> you probably deserve it. So, all right. Have a great weekend, guys! For Joel T. Coleman Woo. of College of Cowbell Corner on oh, Sports, Sports Illustrated, Illustrated. Uh, Joint. <laughs> this is A. Sure. Hey, dad. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.